I'm Jesse, and this is the Dad Bod Podcast. Time is the one thing that we cannot get more of. There's only 24 hours in a day and seven days in a week. We must make the most of the time we have and invest it wisely. So obviously time is limited for everyone, but especially so for a father. Whether you have a baby, a toddler, preteen, teenager, or maybe a mixture of all of those, it's time-consuming, to say the least, at every stage. So as a result, I know my personal daily physical activity has changed over the years as the kids have gotten older. When they were babies, it was very difficult, but there are opportunities such as buying the large stroller with the big wheels where you can walk fast or even run with the baby in the stroller. You can use the baby as an actual weight, uh, whether you're doing <laughs> curls or squats or uh, uh, be careful with the overhead military press. But uh, that was one of the things that I did with my kids uh, when they were babies and toddlers. Uh, when they get a little older, as far as preteens, uh, it, the activities changed a little bit because uh, at the toddler stage and the preteen stage, they start to do their own uh, physical activities, whether it's soccer or baseball or basketball or uh, ballet or dance or whatever the case may be. And you can physically get involved with those, whether it's on the coaching level or just uh, teaching them on a one-to-one -one basis in the backyard or in the living room. And when that happens, you're doing your daily physical activity as well. And it obviously, it's not the same as going to the gym, but it is daily physical activity, and it changes again with the child. As they become teenagers, I found it's easier because uh, you have more time available. Uh, I'm not doing the actual coaching anymore, uh, whether it be basketball, baseball, or what have you. And then also, it's easier from a time standpoint because I can now do my regular regiment with my teenager, whether it's with my daughter or my son. And it's is uh, time well spent because we're together and we're also uh, able to get that physical activity in uh, that I want to get in on a daily basis. Now, all of these little tips for each stage of uh, how a child grows up and what you can do with them to maintain that physical activity are basically tips that I use to feed into my habit of daily physical activity or daily physical exercise. And that brings us to the next topic, which is a habit. How do we form a habit and how long does it take? And maybe I'm just starting out and what does that look like? So I know that some of you or maybe all of you have heard the 21 day rule. Now, if you really research where that 21 days came in, uh, as far as forming a habit, so you do something for 21 days uh, on a daily basis, and after that 21 day mark, boom, now you have a habit. And it, it was always curious to me is like, okay, where did that come from? And is it really true? Uh, and more importantly, why 21 days? And is it true for everything? So if you do a little digging, uh, there was actually a plastic surgeon back in the 1950s, and his name was Maxwell Maltz. Now, 
Dr. Maltz would perform an operation, uh, for example, a nose job, and he found that it would take his patients on average about 21 days to get used to seeing their new face. Now, that 21-day mark uh, prompted him to think about adjustment periods and adaptation and habits and new behaviors. And so he took that to uh, that same process uh, that his patients were going through and saying, okay, how does that carry over to other new things that as far as new activities and whatnot? So he then published a book later on in the 1960s, and uh, I believe it's called Psycho-Cybernetics. And that book went on to become a blockbuster hit, uh, and it sold more than 30 million copies, which is huge for a book. And he, in, in the decades that followed, a lot of self-help gurus such as you know Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, they referred to that minimum of 21 days, and as a result, you had a lot of people in uh, in seminars, on TV, and in books really referring to that 21 days. And so as a result, it's become part of our culture that, okay, if you want to form a habit, it's going to take 21 days, and this is how it works. And, and it, But again, is it really true? So if you really delve into it a little further, uh, 21 days is a minimum. It really is. It take, it's going to take much longer than that. And there was an actual study done on this, and this was done in the, at the University College of London. And they found that it took, on average, 66 days, and sometimes as long as 254 days, to adopt a habit. Now, the bottom line for that was that the harder the habit, the harder the task, the longer it took, which makes a lot of sense. So they found if you wanted to do something like eating a piece of fruit every day on a daily basis. So if they found that that took maybe seven days to form that habit. But if your uh, habit that you wanted to acquire was to do 50 sit-ups after breakfast every morning, then that took on it took much longer, maybe 100, 150 days. So Again, it, the the harder the habit, the harder the task that you perceive it as, it's going to take you longer. Bottom line. And now, with that, uh, it goes back to what I left you last time: is you really got to enjoy the journey. And part of adopting this habit, it's going to take time, and you got to give yourself some leeway uh, with regards to how you adopt this habit. So. Your habit of exercise and physical activity uh, with your baby, with your toddler, with your preteen, with your teenager, uh, or maybe just outside of that and you have your own time to uh, do what you need to do in the early morning hours. Whatever it may be, when you do that, it's going to take time and you got to give yourself leeway. So if you don't happen to make it to the gym that day, or if you don't happen to do your home regiment that day, then you have to allow yourself to say, you know what, I am going to do it tomorrow and this is what it's going to look like. And you just uh, keep with that and know that uh, it's going to take time for, to form that habit where maybe your goal is to do it three times a week. Maybe your goal is to do it uh, seven days a week. But what have you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take time. Now, 
first things first, uh, we really got to look at, uh, are you going to join a gym? Are you going to work out at home? And that really is going to go towards your needs and what your wants are. Now, look at your home and look at what you can do there. And if you have a lot of space, if you maybe have your own equipment, even better. Uh, and also look at your own mentality. If your mentality is one where you are disciplined and you know you're going to work out at home and it, you can come up with activities that you're going to do on a daily basis, then that's what you want to do, then great. You don't even have to look towards joining a gym. But uh, there are other people out there, me being one of them, that I, I have a hard time working out at home. I, I do really well when we go on vacation and I can find things to do uh, around where we're staying. You know, maybe there's a gym uh, nearby or maybe, uh, you know, I'll bring a jump rope and, you know, do a lot of body weight exercises and maybe some running. Uh, but uh, that is for, for a very short period, you know, maybe one week or a little more where I'm doing that. And I can, I can discipline myself to do that. But as far as if I were to have to do that on a daily basis, you know, the, the other weeks of the, uh, the month and the weeks of the year, I really don't think I could do that. And I, I know myself that I need uh, that atmosphere. I need that gym. I need the equipment, quite honestly. When you are uh, just starting out working out, it is, in my opinion, is much easier to work out at home because your window of adaptation, which we'll talk about in later um, podcasts, is it's much larger. So for instance, for you to, <clears throat> for someone that's just starting to work out and you go and uh, walk a mile or you do 10 push-ups, you do uh, 10 body squats, uh, all of that together is really going to impact you and you're going to feel it uh, the next day and you're going to have that delayed onset muscle soreness and uh, it's going to be part of your strength building. It's going to be part of uh, building up your cardiovascular capacity. So that's really going to help you. Whereas someone that has worked out for uh, weeks, months, years may not get as much benefit from that because their window of adaptation is much smaller. So as a result, it's quite honestly much easier to work out at home. For me to work out at home or on vacation or wherever we're staying, I really have to get creative to make it more difficult on me uh, to get a lot of benefit from it. Uh, whereas someone that's just starting to work out, it's much easier. So I need those toys. I need uh, the treadmills. I need the um, the kettlebells. I need uh, the free weights. I need uh, some of the the machines. And so I mean that's that's going to help me uh, with my smaller window of adaptation to make it more difficult on me. So that's the first thing you got to figure out whether or not you're going to work out at home or you're going to work out at a gym. Now, for most of us that uh, work out, and even though we may have a large window of adaptation, we're going to say, you know what, I want to work out at a gym anyway, because I think it's um, going to help me, uh, it's going to motivate me. So that's where we really got to uh, talk about, okay, uh, what can you do to make it uh, user-friendly and something that you're going to want to do and actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. So... Uh, part of that is the finances. So how are you going to pay for this? Keep in mind that 
some gyms can be very expensive. Some gyms are uh, very uh, low cost, but you got to find one that's going to fit you. And look at, look towards your employer and look towards your health benefits to see what they offer right now. So a lot of times employers will have wellness programs that will pay for part of or maybe in all or maybe all of the gym membership uh, or maybe even through the group health benefits there's a discount of some sort that you can take advantage of and it's going to make it easier for you to pay for that on a day to, or a month-to-month basis and the easier that you can pay for it the more likely that you are to keep the membership up and actually do it so that's definitely something you want to look into before you start your search for a gym now when you do search for that gym, you're going to make a list for uh, what your must-haves are. You know, so maybe uh, you're going to focus on cardiovascular capacity. So you want to make sure the gym has a lot of, uh, you know, treadmills, bikes, uh, stairmasters, maybe a spin class in a spin room, uh, aerobic classes, um, a, a pool where you can do laps, something like that. So to, to focus more on your cardiovascular capacity, if you find that you want to work more on your strength, uh, then, okay, what type of free weights do they have? Do they have squat racks? Do they have uh, a lot of free weights available? Do they have uh, machines that I can use as part of my free weight uh, regimen? Uh, do they have kettlebells? Do they have uh, the tractor tire? I mean, whatever it may be that you're looking for for that, that strength training equipment. And we'll talk more about the things that you can do with them as far as cardiovascular and strength training in, in the next uh, podcast to come. So, and then also look at um, other must-haves that uh, a lot of people don't necessarily think about, um, but are, are must-haves, but are maybe uh, what I call, you know, wants. So a list of wants, maybe you want a steam room, maybe you want a pool, maybe you want a whirlpool, uh, maybe you want uh, a shake uh, place within the facility or nearby where you can get your protein shakes. Uh Personally, uh, the place that I work out at is quite remarkable and it's very close to my house. And when I say remarkable, we're talking, it is a beautiful, beautiful facility and I really take advantage of it. And they have the indoor track, they have the indoor and outdoor swimming pool, they have the steam room, they have the sauna, they have the whirlpool. A lot of things that really help me uh, with my post-workout regimen. And what I'm able to do is after I work out, I can go to the steam room, I can go to the whirlpool, and that helps me with my delayed onset muscle soreness and get me, gets me ready for the next day. Now, you may not have a place like that near you, so you're going to look at, again, the uh, things on your must-have list and then your want list. When you have that list in place, now you're going to say, okay, I'm going to look at the places nearby. And one thing about gyms, I find they're a lot like restaurants. It's like, uh, you know, they're, if you, even the small towns that I visited over the years uh, have some type of gym nearby because there's always athletes that are up and coming in the high schools. There's always uh, people that want to lose weight. So gyms and restaurants seem to be just about everywhere. So go ahead and check uh, on Google to see what's nearby. And then once you do that, uh, the first thing to do is uh, once you've made that list of your wants and your must-haves, and then now you're seeing what is actually in the area. And when I say in the area, make sure it's as close as possible to your house. Preferably, 
uh, anywhere between an eight and a 15 minute drive or walk from your house. And what I, when I say that, it is very important because if it is not close to your house, you will not work out. You will find a reason to not stop at the end of the day to work out or not get up early and go before work to work out because it is going to be one more obstacle that you have. So it's very important that you have it again between about eight, maybe 15 minutes of a walk or a drive to the facility that you're working out at. And it, that is going to be very important. So when you look within that radius, you're going to check maybe you have three or four places and the next thing you want to do is the easiest thing is a, a social media check. Uh, you're going to check on Yelp. You're going to check on Facebook and, you know, maybe uh, Twitter and look at <clears throat> what type of comments have been made with regards to that facility. And do they like it? Do they not like it? And if they do, so why? And when you do make narrow down and now you're like, OK, I really want to check these gyms out. Uh, go ahead and try to uh, what I call date the gym first. So you're going to, you know, usually every facility that I've gone to will give you maybe one or two days where you can try it out for free. And that's where you're going to want to, again, date the gym and see what it's like for you. Now for you, you're going to look at, okay, what time of day do I plan on working out? Personally, I work out at five or 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, there are people out there that are going to say, okay, I need to work out at my lunch break. I need to work out, uh, at the end of the day. So whatever time that is, you're going to work out at that time to find out what it's like in that gym at that time of day for you. And it's going to be really important to take it all in because I can tell you the gym that I work out at, it is very different at 6 PM versus 6 AM. Uh, just the number of people that are there, the age of the people that are there, uh, the uh, type of conversations that are going on. Uh, so all of that is going to be things that are going to make your workout that much better or maybe not so, so great. So you're going to try it out at the time that you're going to work out at. Now, when you work out at those times, you're going to check out uh, specific things as far as uh, what I like to do is, again, back to the restaurant uh, example, is look at the bathrooms. Look at where you're going to uh, be changing. Look at where you're going to be storing your clothes and really find out how clean it is, how available the lockers are, if or maybe they don't even have lockers. Uh, the showers, if you're going to be showering there, uh, how you're going to get ready. All of these things you have to take into account, again, at those specific times. And cleanliness is huge when it comes to a gym because personally, as a, you know, in my opinion, a gym is, you know, one of the dirtiest places from a bacterial standpoint that you're ever going to walk into uh, on a daily basis. So you want to make sure that it's as clean as it can possibly be because you have a lot of people in there and they're sweating, they're, uh, <laughs> they're doing the most physical activity that they're going to do throughout the day. It's going to be a relatively dirty place. So you want to make sure that it's as clean as it can possibly be. Another thing that I look at is, 
maybe the, the classes that I'm going to take, um, if I'm going to take a spin class or an aerobic class or some sort, you know, are they crowded? Or, and um, do you have to wait until the next class? Or maybe the equipment isn't the great, greatest, uh, things of that nature. And then one of the easiest things to do is if you're going to fo- um, work on your strength training and, and your cardiovascular training is to look at the availability of the treadmills, look at the availability of uh, the bikes. Uh, There was one gym that I walked into years ago where they had a sign above the treadmills where you could only work out on the treadmills for 15 minutes at a time because they were in such high demand. Now that really turned me off because personally, I have to do my treadmill training for a minimum of 20 minutes. So how am I going to do that? And so that, that is one of the pieces that you want to look at again, is the cardiovascular uh, equipment and the availability of it. Also too, you can run over to the, uh, the dumbbell rack where they keep their uh, free weights and look at how organized it is. That's an easy way to see right away is like, okay, are all the weights in order? Are they readily available or are they on the ground? Are they mismatched? Are they not in the correct order? So that is an easy way to look at much like you would the bathrooms uh, to see what the actual workout area is, is like. So now you've looked at all those things and you looked at the perfect uh, location and uh, the equipment that they have and the availability, what it's like at those certain times. The next thing that you want to look at is, uh, again, how much money you're going to be spending and where you're going to get that money from. Maybe you can get it from your wellness program. Maybe you can get it from your group health benefits. But also most gyms, if you approach them on a one-to-one basis and have a conversation with them as far as how much you're going to be spending on a month-to-month basis, you can negotiate that contract to some degree. Uh, They may give you uh, so much off for the first three months, or they may give you a reduced rate for the first year. Uh, Those are great uh, pieces that you can negotiate uh, with. Again, most gyms, you can do that. Uh, the gym that I go to is very uh, reasonable. It's like $69 for a family membership. So we go there and it's you know $69 for all of us, which is just, it's a great deal. Uh, so you may look at it and say, okay, um, can we reduce that rate by X number of dollars um, if I sign a contract for a year, I think things of that nature. Now, when you sign those contracts, make sure that, you know, one, do I even have to sign a contract? If you do, you, uh, then you look at the contract and make sure that you know, at the very least, what the cancellation details are. So if you have to cancel for any reason, what uh, are the consequences for that cancellation? Is it as simple as, okay, um, I don't go, so I stop paying and I'm canceled? Then great. That's what a cancellation policy should look like. But there are some cancellation policies out there where I've seen that if you cancel, you literally have to find someone else to fill your spot. Uh, Otherwise, you have to pay a cancellation fee, which is equivalent to uh, six months membership. And that's a huge amount of money in most cases. So they really try to lock you in and or get someone to replace you and they put it on you to find that person to replace you which is a pretty awful uh, contract in my opinion 
but they do exist. So really find out, okay, you know, just ask them straight out, what happens uh, if I cancel and can you show it to me in the contract as far as what the consequences are? And that is one of the key things that you want to look at uh, to make sure that that is not going to hurt you in the back end. Now, I hope that all of these pieces together, um, as far as the time and uh, acquiring and adopting a habit and choosing a gym is going to be the first of many steps that you take uh, in order to uh, work on your daily physical activity. Now, that is, uh, again, one of many steps in this journey that we're going to talk about with regards to uh, becoming the, the best version of you that there is. So, again, I encourage you to enjoy the journey and remember that this is Jesse and this is the Dad Bod Podcast.